Hello and welcome to Curdled Ink, one woman's tirade against poor writing and problematic romance. My name is Lee, and this episode is number 22, chapter 22, of Fifty Shades of Grey. As usual, content warnings will be in the episode description. If there are any that I missed, please let me know, and I'll be happy to add them. So Anna is on the plane to Georgia. She has just been upgraded to first class by Christian without telling him what plane she was on. He found all of that out himself. Great job, everybody. I love it here. So she settles onto the plane and emails Christian to joke about the fact that he stalked her enough to find out what flight she's on. So that's fun. Um, And this begins this whole email exchange that really takes up most of this chapter because, you know, of course it does. (laughs) So then Anna is like talking about the quote, pleasant young man, unquote, who gave her a massage in the first class departure lounge and just like quote unquote jokingly trying to make Christian jealous. And it's like, yeah, okay, they have banter back and forth or whatever, but it just, it makes me so uncomfortable given the rest of the relationship is so unhealthy. And then you have Anna like, oh, aren't you so jealous? This guy like massaged me. And Christian like, of course, escalates the joke to be like, well, next time I'll just tie you up in a crate in the cargo hold and that's how you'll fly. And it's like, okay, sure. In like a DS relationship with a healthy banter dynamic where they like make jokes like that and also all the actual DS shit is like negotiated and consensual and all that this would be a lot funnier than it is because right now it's just a little bit yikes Meanwhile, Anna notices that the seat next to her on the plane is the only empty seat in first class. And she has this moment where she is thinking, oh shit, what if Christian bought a ticket and is on this plane with me? And she like serious, like her heart is pounding. She's like seriously considering this. She's like, well, you know, I like him and I would like to see him, but also I told him that I wanted to get some distance on this trip. And, and just the fact that like, I don't at all blame her for having that thought because yeah, it is something that he would totally do. Yikes. Like, they have specifically talked about she needs this trip, she needs her space, this needs to be a her trip, and yet, I absolutely would not put it past Christian to force himself into this trip. In fact, put a pin in that foreshadowing. But he is not on the plane, so for now, she is in fact on her own. First quote of the chapter, page 392. She thinks, that's the problem with Christian's humor. I can never be sure if he's joking or if he's seriously angry. And yeah, that's a fucking problem. And it's a problem with communication, which is where fully half of their problems in this relationship come down to they're not communicating properly. And yeah, that's another thing. That's another conversation that y'all need to be having is, yes, okay, banter and like jokes is a form of humor. It's a form of flirting. It's a form of like relating to your significant other, but you have to be able to tell. You have to be able to tell. That's the whole point. If you can't tell if they're joking or if they're actually upset with you, I have had experiences where that goes 
really bad really quickly. I have literally lost friends because we were doing the whole jokingly, like, you know, poking fun at each other and jokingly being mad at each other. And, you know, for one person it went too far and they literally, like, left the friend group and never came back. And it sucks. It feels really fucking horrible and, and for, for everyone on all sides of that. And that's why <laughs> clear communication is super, super important. And if there are things that you don't feel comfortable with your partner or your friends or your family or whatever joking about, you need to be able to communicate that to them. And of course, the other important part is that they need to be able to listen and take that feedback and be like, okay, I won't joke about tying you up in, in a crate in the cargo hold because you're not okay with that. Like, that's the only way that this kind of humor works and stays humorous and does not turn into fucking relationship-ending fights. That's my two cents on that. So she has a layover midway through her flight and she writes a long, long email to Christian, like, pouring out her feelings which is, you know, what I've been trying to get both of them to do the whole time, which I know, they're fictional characters, it's a book, I have zero impact on what these people do, ever, but that doesn't stop me from yelling at the book, it doesn't stop me from yelling at the TV when I'm watching movies or whatever, it's a, you know, you know. So anyway, at least she's communicating. So I'm just gonna go through this email, actually, and just, like, talk about a few parts of it. First of all, she says, as usual, you overreact, meaning his reaction to her little, like, joke about the guy giving her a massage. You can't write things like that to me. That scares me. You scare me. Yeah, all of that is really important because, yeah, Christian does overreact to a lot of stuff, like, in this situation, in any situation. And sometimes he kind of laughs it off and jokes about it and they have banter about it. But there's always that undercurrent of fear for Anna, which makes it work less good. <laughs> and then sometimes he's not even joking. He just gets f so fucking pissed about what feels to Anna like this tiny little thing that she doesn't know will, will set him off. Because, duh, they've been together a month. They're still getting to know each other. You know, I'm almost four years into my current relationship and sometimes something will set one of us off that the other person totally didn't expect. And that's almost four years in. And we're still getting to know all of each other's triggers because, yeah, we both have trauma and shit that, and, like, stuff that'll trigger us and set us off. And, and so does Christian. And so does Anna. And so does everybody. We're all fucked up in some way or another, right? Like, we're, we all have things that are gonna set us off and make us upset. And learning to deal with that gracefully or as gracefully as possible is really, really important to maintaining healthy relationships. Blah, blah, blah. She talks about the dark path you're leading me down. Oh my god. What else? You were right when you said I didn't have a submissive bone in my body. Having said that, I want to be with you, and if that's what I have to do, I would like to try. But I think I'll suck at it and end up black and blue. Because, you know, in this dynamic, he mostly spanks her as a punishment. Or at least that's the plan. There's a lot there. The fact that she recognizes that she's not at least the brand of submissive that Christian wants, because I still maintain that she could make a very good brat, but the, f the fact that she's like, no, I'm not this, like, obedient, you know, does everything without hesitation type of, of sub that you want, that's really telling. And the fact that she's like, but I will do anything to be with you is scary. Because, girl, this is a pretty fundamental uh, incompatibility. And on the other hand, she'd make a really good brat. Like, she has enjoyed the kink stuff that they have done so far, most of it. Like, the actual scenes that they've done so far. 
So she needs someone to introduce to her the concept of being a brat and that there is not just one good way to be a submissive. Also, the fact that she's so much better in the playroom, like in scenes, she's having so much more fun in scenes than doing the like 24-7 like service sub type of stuff is another red like sign (laughs) that Christian really should be picking up on and thinking, hmm, maybe this person is more suited to at least starting with like just those scenes and either maybe she does not want to do 24-7 DS or at least doesn't want to start there, which seems like a pretty reasonable, like, change to make, especially for someone who is so new to all of this. Start out with just having a regular relationship outside of the playroom, and then in the playroom do the freaky shit. Maybe Christian's not up for that. Maybe he doesn't want that. Okay, that comes back to incompatibility. If you're both having to bend yourself into this many pretzels to try to be the partner that the other person wants, That's a pretty clear sign to me that you're not compatible and you'd probably both be happier with someone else. Oh yeah, also where she says, I'm afraid I'll suck at it and end up black and blue. A lot of that is on Christian. Like, yes, you could be doing a lot more research on your own, but if Christian's gonna be your mentor and, like, bringing you into this world, he could be doing a lot fucking better in instructing you and making sure that you don't get punished as much. So she gets to Savannah, I think, wherever in Georgia she's staying, and she's talking to her mom, and her mom is giving this advice, if you can call it that, about men. She says, oh yeah, this is page 398, Anna's mom says, Men aren't really complicated, Anna, honey. They are very simple, literal creatures. They usually mean what they say. And we spend hours trying to analyze what they've said when really it's obvious. If I were you, I'd take him literally. That might help. Now there is something to be said about listening to what someone says to you and and actually taking that in. And there have been, you know, there's been quite a bit of Anna hearing Christian say, I care about you. I'm going to miss you. I don't want to lose you. And just not hearing that. And, and just her insecurity is just drowning that out. So yeah, there's something to be said for actually taking that in and listening and believing what he is saying, believing that he cares about her and whatever else. On the other hand, the fact that Anna describes Christian as complicated and then immediately after her, her mom is like, men aren't complicated, honey, they're simple. Simple creatures. The fact that she used the word creatures, holy shit. You know, just like the way a lot of straight dudes will be like, what do women want? I don't know what women want. Or on the other hand, I know exactly what women want. The monolith of women. This is that exact same shit, just gender reversed. Here's what men are like. Here's what men do. Here's how men act. No. No. Hey, straight people. Hey, cishet society. Knock that shit off. It doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help anybody communicate. It doesn't help anybody form relationships. It doesn't help anybody feel loved or understood or wanted or any of that shit that we all need as social creatures. You know, it does not help us form connections to treat men and women like A, monoliths and B, separate species. That's not how any of that works. 
How about instead of trying to figure out men or trying to figure out women, we face the person that we are trying to build a relationship with and try to figure them out and try to communicate with them as an individual human being with a specific life story and specific, you know, likes and dislikes and wants and needs and boundaries and traumas. All of that stuff that goes into being a human being. Like, can we just... Fuck. Like, it just, if, like, you just shoot yourself in the foot if you're like, okay, I've figured out what men are like. I've figured out what women are like. Because then you're not seeing the person who's right in front of you. You're seeing, you know, all of your whatever stereotypes and gender roles and whatever else has taught you to be, you know, to think of as woman or to think of as man. And it, it just, it sabotages so many relationships, whether romantic or platonic or anything else. You have to take the person in front of you as they are and look at them as they are and see, you know, what you can do to connect with them if that's what you want. And then the tricky part is getting them to do the same to you and, and getting them to communicate and see you as an individual too, which you have much less control over. So let's start with yourself. So then on page 399, Christian writes a very long response to Anna's very long email. He begins by saying, I am annoyed that as soon as you put some distance between us, you communicate openly and honestly with me. Why can't you do that when we're together? So first of all, my dude, you don't let her. You trample over her. You dismiss all of her concerns that she tries to bring up in front of you. You will try to change the subject. You will try to just say, okay, but here's how I see this problem that you brought up, so that's the final word. You're not creating a space where she can feel heard and feel like her concerns are being taken seriously. Second of all, that's a fucking two-way street, my dude. You do a terrible job of communicating your feelings with her and your needs and wants and expectations in this relationship. Like, you've just put a bunch of shit in a contract and you think that's the only communication you need to do in this relationship. And guess what, bucko? It's fucking not. Communication needs to be ongoing and, you know, flowing to and from all parties involved. That includes you, Christian. In, so in her email, she once again brought up, like, I'm not comfortable with you spending this much money on me, and he just does exactly what I just said. He just fucking dismisses it. He says, yes, I'm rich. Get used to it. Why shouldn't I spend money on you? Excellent handling of, of concerns on his part. Oh, yeah, and then he says, call it redistribution of wealth, if you will. I mean, I guess... <laughs> that's what sugar babies do a little bit. Get some of that rich boy or more often rich old man money and put it out into the world. But also Anna's not a sugar baby and she doesn't want to be. She wants to be his girlfriend. The money is an obstacle to that for her and I think that's a legitimate concern and Christian is just refusing to see it from her perspective. He says, for such a bright, witty, beautiful young woman, you have some real self-esteem issues, and I have half a mind to make an appointment for you with Dr. Flynn. I mean, yes, she does have crippling self-esteem issues, but that's really not the way to bring it up. 
That's not helping. Also, for fuck's sake, don't ever have the same therapist as your partner unless you are doing couples therapy together. Like, in my experience, most therapists will refuse to also see your partner separately if they're like, yeah, sure, your partner can come see me too. Um, probably time to get a new therapist. That's just really, really sticky territory. He says, I understand this is a huge leap of faith for you. I have to earn your trust, but by the same token, you have to communicate with me when I'm failing to do this. See, that's the same thing I said earlier. First of all, you make it really fucking difficult for her to do that. And second of all, you've done so little to earn her trust so far, to show yourself as a trustworthy person, boyfriend, dom, any of that shit. And, and she's tried! She has tried to communicate with you so many times, and you always, like, literally like what you were doing in this email right here. She just gets shut down, she gets talked over, she gets dismissed. You have to be willing to hear her when she communicates, otherwise it doesn't fucking work. Oh yeah, okay. So in a later email, this is page 404, he says, Enjoy your dinner and I miss you too, especially your behind and your smart mouth. See, Christian, brats can be fun. You can enjoy having a brat as a sub, I promise. Or maybe, like, or maybe he can't, and that's valid too. I just want to throw that, that out there. If you don't like playing with brats as a dom, that's 100% valid. You don't have to. Oh yeah, and then a little bit later, like, she's, like, getting ready for dinner, and they start sexting each other via email. <laughs> So there's like the to and from and the email title every sing like before every single email and then Christian has his obnoxious fucking signature that like Christian Gray CEO blah 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 and so he has that after every single one of his like sexy emails it's the peak of comedy like if it was not tr taking itself so seriously it would be the fucking height of comedy it's like it's so obnoxious <laughs> I love it oh yeah so Christian mentions that he's going out to dinner that night as well with an old friend. Anna, in a fit of jealousy, asks if he's seeing Mrs. Robinson. And, uh, yeah, turns out, yes. The moment Anna leaves, Christian goes back to his ex, like, the big ex who statutory raped him and was doming him for several years, and he is still friends with her. And, yeah, I'm with Anna a little bit on this does seem a little bit sus that the moment his sub leaves, he goes back to his former dom. But on the other hand, yeah, people are friends with their exes sometimes. It happens. But it's also something that y'all need to have communication about because not everyone is okay with their partner being friends with, a, with an ex, especially such a major ex. And uh, Anna is decidedly not okay with it. So Anna writes a snarky you know, rude email about Mrs. Robinson back to Christian, and Christian makes a comment that indicates he can see what Anna is doing right now, because at this point, Anna and her mom are out at a bar, and Christian's just like, you've had, he, he makes some comment about like, oh, you've had so many drinks, how many are you gonna have tonight? And she's like, oh shit, he's here, he followed me after all, which fucking of course he did! 
Also, bro, what the fuck? I will say the same thing I said when Anna thought he might sit next to her on the plane, which is, you literally have discussed this. She has literally made it so clear to you that she needs this vacation to get away from you, to have space, to think about her life and her relationship with you and her decisions. But here you are, and you, again, stalked her to find the bar that she is in, which is information that you do not have, that you should not have, that you have no right to have. Chapter over. Big yikes. Once again, big fucking yikes. We'll see where this takes us. In the meantime, thank you so much for listening to my latest rant. My name is Lee. You can find my social media at allmylinks.com slash leecartist, and you can find this podcast at allmylinks.com slash thecurdledpod. Also, patreon.com slash thecurdledpod is where you can support this podcast monthly in return for some fun, exclusive content, which hopefully we'll be posting around the time that this episode is posted as well. If you have questions, comments, concerns, or want to make a one-time donation not through Patreon, you can get in touch with me at curdledinkpodcast at gmail.com. If you can't, don't want to, or don't feel comfortable supporting me monetarily, please rate and or leave a review on your podcatcher of choice, or tell a friend, write a social media post, do whatever you want to do to spread the word about this humble podcast. That would be so appreciated. Our logo, my logo, this podcast logo? The logo for this pod is by Reese Jones at tearlessrainart.tumblr.com. And until next time, remember your rack. That's risk aware consensual kink. Bye! to bug me. Of course, we couldn't have a podcast recording session without him. That's what I'm saying. Scream. I just realized I have something in my teeth. <laughs> I'm getting tongue-tied. Um...